Oh, boy, here we go for the freaking Thursday show. Getting one step closer to Friday. And Friday means, well, a bunch of things. It means Supercross Eve. It means Moto Man and Kyle are back uh, sitting in a tree, having a good time doing their moto show. Starts at 3 o'clock. It means we hit reset on all new podcasts for the week. It means we hit reset on the new moto vlogs of the moto show, which go up on Big 49, thebig49.com. That's where you can find all that. And then we just do it again. Wash, rinse, repeat. It is the Big 49. We build up all week until Supercross or Motocross at the end of the week. We do that live. And we start over and do it again, and all week long we'll sprinkle the interviews of the winners that we get to talk to after the race. Speaking of that, coming up in mere moments, uh, my favorite interview of the week so far, and that's saying something because we had my BFF Cooper Webb on. We got a pretty open, honest Hunter Lawrence after his uh, rough racing going on on Saturday night when he took that win by one one hundredth of a second over Nate Thrasher. But he battled all the way, and he was slinging the mud, so to speak, as he was getting out there. And he will address that, because we ask him about it, and he will talk about it. So, very good interview with Hunter Lawrence. I like that guy. Also, some honest answers, because at one point, he didn't need to win that race. He did not need to push that hard, and he almost crashed, which means he almost really screwed himself out of the red plate. And we'll ask him about that, too. His answer to that is golden. So Hunter Lawrence coming up here in a little bit. And if you missed the interview with Nate Thrasher, which happened yesterday, we'll rerun that in the middle of the show today. So that's what we've got on the docket as far as Moto goes. Um, I have, by the way, uh, social media. If you follow us, we're, we got Facebook and we got Instagram. Uh, there is a video posted up on our Instagram right now that I'm not kidding. I filmed it yesterday on my way home from work like, I don't know, 6 o'clock in the morning or so, 5.30, whatever it was. And I'm coming down Pacific Coast Highway in uh, Pacific Palisades, heading towards Malibu. And a car pulls up beside me, and I'm like, whatever, it's a truck, pickup truck, and it's got some bikes in the back. And then I notice, well, that's not a normal truck. That's a Rivion, and those are pretty rare, and they're also very expensive. Fully loaded one's going to run you a little over 100 grand. So you got a $100,000 electric truck next to me. And I look, and it's got a couple of e-bikes in the back. I'm thinking they were specialized uh, with the brand when, when it was next to me. And I, I looked those up because I was curious. I was like, wow. And there was two of them, and that's $15,000 a pop, those really nice mountain bikes. So let's say $10,000 a piece. And then as it passed me on the back bumper... There was a custom rack on the bumper of that Rivion, and it had a cake electric bike on the back. And I'm like, I can't make this crap up, dude. I talk about the neighborhood I live in. I talk about the rich uh, wolf people. And I'm like, and by the way, I would love that Tesla. I think Teslas are cool. I- I'm not against electric cars. But I don't know if I need my electric car driving around with my two $15,000 electric mountain bikes and my uh, about $15,000, $20,000 electric cake motorcycle. And the electric cake motorcycle was had a license plate on it. It was street legal, but it was yet kind of off-roady. It was kind of like a, looked like the old mini bikes that used to ride gas-powered. I had a lawnmower engine on them. It was that style. And uh, 
Also kind of like the old Honda Trail 70 that Jason will pull out from the 1970s, which is a badass motorcycle. It kind of that vibe to it, but it was a cake e-bike. And I was sitting there just thinking, man, I, 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 I didn't want to tell this story and not have photos, so I videoed it. And I put the clip up on our Instagram. It's quick. It's in front of me at this point. But I was like, dude, I can't. I, I, people aren't going to believe this. So there it was. That's up on the Instagram. Now, besides me ranting about uh, rich, woke people and motocross, which seems to be something I do a lot here, I had a great story next. Uh, I know Valentine's Day is behind us in the rearview mirror, but it's a story of love and how love conquers all, and I'm going to get into that. Is it late? Well, no. And I have a funny thing at the end because I'm going to tell you the story and we're all going to laugh, and then I'm going to change the game on it. Very interesting. I got a Italian politician. This story's not that great, not really up my alley, but it's got a word in it. And the word I saw um, made me think, oh, I need to do this story. Sometimes I find that. Like, if there's ever a story that says, fuck it, Thailand in it, I'm saying that. I'm doing that story no matter what it is. Well, this is a story about a guy that got arrested for having sex with underage uh, uh, dancers. And, well, it was a bunga bunga party. Come come on. I gotta talk about that. So we're gonna get into the bunga bunga party. Just seems interesting. They call it the Bunga Bunga Party. I got bad news if you're in uh, North Korea. I know we don't have a lot of listeners there because I'm pretty sure the government censors us out because I would be hostile to them. But, um, yeah. Uh, Kim Jong-un, he has passed a new law on names. You can't name your kid uh, this anymore. And if your kid is named this, you have to change their name and go back and change the birth certificate. <laughs> Real deal. So we'll get into that one. I also got another fun little update out of North Korea. I'll do a two for North Korea all in one. I got a dude out of Florida that's a, a champion drunk driver. He's in jail, though, so uh, I didn't pull it off all that great. And then I got a guy out of uh, Indiana that absolutely stopped stealing from his vehicle. Apparently he was having a, a cr- problem with crime of people stealing from his vehicle. So he fixed the problem. He's in jail now. All that. All that to talk about and a whole lot more because, well, it's Thursday. It is Friday Eve and we are heading off into the weekend. I can see it. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. So stand by. Up next, our enlightening interview with Mr. Hunter Lawrence from the HRC Honda team. Right here on the Fortnite. The Man Urge. Entertainment Report. This is a bummer news. A lady named Raquel Welch, who's one of the OG sex symbols ever, an icon among sex symbols, has passed away at the age of 82 after a short illness, her family says. And this lady, I'm not kidding, at 82 years old, was still beautiful. She was one of the most iconic sex symbols ever. Rest in peace, Raquel Welch. Oh, it looks like the lying of Bam Margera has caught up to him in his marriage as well because his wife has finally filed at least legal separation papers. She's been trying to work it out with him. They've been going back and forth. As remember, he's in rehab. He escapes rehab. He's in rehab. He escapes rehab. And 
then the social media stuff with Priscilla Presley where he lied about getting some stuff from her that belonged to Elvis. That might have been a Sean Rook Campbell back because I bet he told his wife that story too and it ends up being completely false. So she's like, I'm done with your lies and I'm out of here. Van uh, Margera, you need to get help, dude, and get your life back on track. One of the actual pilots from the now world-famous Tic Tac video where U.S. fighter pilots chase down a UFO, he's now speaking out on the latest balloon thing, and he's saying, yeah, these are probably balloons, but he's saying that the verbiage that the government is using in talking about this and bringing aliens and all that into the fold is the best thing they can possibly do because this guy is adamant that there are things out there in this world that we do not understand, and they are here, and as we start to investigate them, people want to know the truth, and he says the government needs to stay truthful, but he believes the ones we shot down were balloons, but it's good that they're talking about it in the form of aliens and UFOs because that's what they need to be talking about. Very interesting. The Man Earth. Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big 49, it is Stretch, and right now we are sitting down with Mr. Hunter Lawrence from the HRC Honda team after what's got to be the freaking most exciting freaking photo finish I have ever seen in Supercross, at least since we've been covering it here on the Big 49. It was insane how close that was, and what an epic battle there between you, Hunter, and Mr. Nate Thrasher from the Star Racing Yamaha team. Looked like he had it. You battled, 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 battled. I mean, is this got to be like, like the biggest win for you maybe ever? as far as just being fired up? Uh, yeah, I was saying it's probably one the most hyped I've been after a win. Like, ah, my nice. first ever Supercross win, I was more, like, emotional and stuff. But, yeah, yeah this one was, was pretty cool. It was special, especially, <laughs> you know, at home. I yeah. got half my neighborhood, you know, here, so I didn't want to look like a dork as well because then you go home and they're like, oh, there's your guy, you just got, you know, you got smoked. Like, so, uh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot on my shoulders. <laughs> oh, man. Now, uh, but this isn't just for you. I mean, granted, the stadium was hype. The fans on TV were hype. You had to be just living it and uh, ecstatic. But your crew had to be flipping out, too. Like, how stoked are they that you squeaked out the narrowest of wins that maybe they've ever seen? Yeah, I think uh, my mechanic was saying, man, there's going to be a lot of mechanics that hate me in pit lane after that one because he was just yelling at, you know, other nice. guys like, get out of the way and stuff because they got their own battle going on and, yeah. uh, you know, further down the pack and, and, yeah, they got their own stuff to worry about and then, you know, we're coming through. But, yeah, yeah. wild. Uh, obviously, I didn't plan that. It yeah. was just kind of a Hail Mary lap and, and it ended up working out. But, yeah, pretty close. Yeah, and now, speaking of close, like, what was going on decision-making-wise in the, in that final lap, especially in those final turns? As you're bumping, you guys are rubbing each other. It seemed like you were both about to go down. Like, what, what was going all through your brain at that moment? Uh, very, very little decision-making, just trying to be where he wasn't on the track. On exactly. That's, like, plain and simple. I mean, uh, yeah, starts weren't the best, and... I could kind of see him coming, you know, into the last turn. I see him on the other lane and yeah. just kind of head down, bum up, and just try and do All my right. best, give the best 15 minutes I can. And where we'll be is, is wherever we'll be. If I catch him, you know, awesome. If not, I don't. That's, yeah. that's just how the race was going to unfold. Okay. And yeah, lap by lap and, and just felt good. Bike was working good. I uh, just kind of got in a zone where didn't yeah. even realize it was raining as much as it was, um, huh. which is cool because when it starts raining, normally it's like the first thing you're like, oh, damn, this sucks. <laughs> so it was good to not really notice that. Um, but, yeah, super stoked. Now, now, how aware were you of, you know, timers running out that you were trying to close the gap and you were creeping up on them? But how aware were you that, like, hey, I'm running out of time. I got to get this freaking pass and now. Just, yeah, kind of. I mean, the last, the last few laps that my mechanic let me know, yeah. you know, how many laps to go, how many minutes or whatever it was. And yeah. Just 
dude just kept pushing, just kept <laughs> believing, and no. just try and get close and, and have a shot at it. That's that's all you can kind of tell yourself in that situation. Now, uh, getting close, let's talk about that, because as we got down to that final lap, it got closer and closer. You guys were bumping, rubbing. Like, how close were you to taking both of you out of that race, and then neither one of you would have been on the podium? What'd you think? No, I, w I was more close to just washing myself out. There was a split okay. second where I'm like, oh, I'm going down. <laughs> so, uh, it was definitely... It was tricky because that little section of the track, no one really rides in, so it was greasy yeah. and, uh, yeah, you know, thankfully yeah. none of us went down, didn't have to, huh. you know, do anything silly at the second round, so, um, yeah. All right, now let's talk about this. Not only did you have that epic battle with Nate that came down to the, one of the greatest photo finishes we've ever seen, but you had quite the battle with Michael Mosman again, and it seemed we got stuck behind Michael for a while, you got around Michael, Michael got you back. But then it got heated, and, and you guys started doing a little more physical. And next thing you know, uh, Michael's on the ground, and you're moving on. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, I can't really remember okay. uh, much of it. All I kind of remember was, yeah, I was, I was behind Michael, <clears throat> and yeah. I was definitely faster. And I felt like I was being pretty respectful and, and pretty nice and giving him his room. And then okay. uh, he done some, something similar earlier in practice today. Where I just kind of was like, they're like what are you doing like yeah. and then i was like all right so now i'm gonna have to pass him and, and force the pass you know i'm not trying to clean anyone out like yeah for a what was that position like fifth or sixth or like yeah. it makes no sense you know so uh obviously didn't really want to put him on the ground i didn't mean to by any means okay. but yeah um i don't know nothing really kind of crazy to talk about just coming through they were still obviously uh, not really tired or anything. It was still, you know, under the 10 minutes into the race duration. So just kind of okay. dissecting it, not trying to make any silly moves, like put a wheel in <clears throat> where it's not needed and, and wash the front on a greasy surface or something like that. So, yeah, um, yeah, not not too much that kind of really All sparks right. memory. I, I get you. So, but... Maybe when you were battling with Michael right there, was it just that it's a slippery track? He's on a part of the track where you didn't think he would be. I realize you guys are going fast and this making split-second decisions out there. So was he maybe where you wanted to be on the track and you were trying to get over and you guys were having contact? Like, what was happening there in that battle? Yeah, I mean, so as far as race strategy goes, when <clears throat> you're behind someone and it's maybe you've only done a few laps and there's there's still 12 minutes left on the clock, right? Okay. You're trying to catch. I mean, surely he's not just out there trying to defend sixth place, you yeah. know? Surely he wants to win. So we're both trying to push forward to the front. And okay. like Nate said about clean racing, you know, you're, it's good to race with someone that has that respect of, hey, we're not going to clean each other out. But it's yeah. like when one guy starts to, like, go out of his way and slow you down just to yeah. cat and mouse and, and keep you behind, like... Bro, we're in sixth place. Like, what are you doing? You know, so that's kind of yeah. when it brings out, I would say, more of an aggressive pass. Okay. You know, you have to force the issue, kind of All stop right. their momentum that you can get away because it's yeah. just kind of same nature of the beast with that guy. Like, you pass him clean, you're going to get your front guard sword off in the next turn. So yeah. it's just um, same thing. It happened in practice, second lap of practice. Uh, down the start straight like I was on the inside uh, out of the sand and then come down the straight and I'm like okay he's on inside so I backed off and then he does the whole braking thing to like stop you at the bottom of the berm like yeah bro it's second lap of practice are you, <laughs> like good <laughs> uh, hey, thanks for elaborating on the topic because I know you didn't really want to go go into that but I, I that's clarity there that I totally understand uh, your perspective 
in that situation. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're going to be racing each other for the next 10 to 12 years. Like, why be a dick to the guy and then start a tit-for-tat kind of thing like yeah. you see with Barsha and Anderson? Like, All it just right. doesn't end good for either guys, you know? It just yeah. gets into, like, an ego match. So. Uh, but my, my final thought on this topic for you is... You're in first place. You got the win in the first week. You've been battling it out uh, uh, with Nate and, and going for it, but you didn't have to. You already had the red plate was secured this week moving forward. Was there ever a point where you were like, hey, man, I can just back it down, let Nate get this win. Uh, he's not the guy I'm worried about in the points-wise. As, as long as you're ahead of Max Anstey at this point, red plate's rolling with you. So... Uh, you know, what What was the thought process there? Was that there at all? Or was it just, I'm in the zone and I am just going to battle and do everything I can to get this win to the last second of this race? No, oh, I told you, dude. Like, half my neighborhood's here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all down to that. <laughs> yeah, like, I live 30 minutes up the road. Wow. Like, 30 people out of my street are here. Like, okay. uh, <laughs> got, like, a custom gear set. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Not, like, just settle, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's true. You don't want to lose in front of your friends or, you know, or not win in front of your friends when you had the chance to win. I get it, man. It's it's the, uh, uh, you know, putting it up for the homies. So, so great job tonight, Hunter, man. We appreciate you. Uh, amazing writing. It just was something to see. What a photo finish. That one goes down in the history books for sure. Uh, can't wait to see what happens when we resume the 250 East and these battles are now brewing with you guys out there. And, and it's going to heat up. I got a feeling when we get back to racing after that stopover in the West for a little while. Uh, so best of luck to you, man. Uh, uh, stay strong. Stay upright. Stay out of the rain. Yeah, sure. I'm Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Yesterday I saw a post from the Pro Circuit Kawasaki team and it just says, hey, looking forward to Oakland, but we will be without Carson Mumford. Remember, Carson jumped ship from the Bar X Suzuki team and joined the Pro Circuit Kawasaki team and they had every expectation of him debuting at Oakland and they say he's tending to an injury. We don't know if that's the same injury that has kept him sidelined because he was going to race in the 250 West, which was in January, and that never happened. Then he changed teams, and you're like, cool, they'll be here for the East. But no, he is racing the 250 West. He's going to be in Oakland, and now he's not racing in Oakland. So I don't know if it's the same injury or the continuing injury from last year, but Carson Mumford not on that bike this weekend when we head to Oakland. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It's Stretch Show. Right now we're going to talk about Love Street. Talk about a fun little story that came out. I don't know if this story just came out around Valentine's Day and then I just found it which is probably what happened. But it's out of Allentown, Pennsylvania, and it's a real story, and it's about a couple. And a very long time ago, back in 1983, they were married. They owned a pizza parlor together. Their name were Tony and Francis. They had four kids. And at some point, Tony cheated on Francis. And you're like, all right, that happened, so they got divorced or they didn't, and then... You either stay together and, and then get punished with it for the rest of your life, or you get divorced and move on. That's how that works in relationships. But it's not what happened. No. What happened is Francis, the jilted wife, decided to concoct a plan where she would drug Tony and then have a hitman who she had paid to kill him. And 
went down. She drugged him. The hitman came in and shot him. Only he didn't die. And then he got to the hospital. And the first thing he did when he got out of the hospital is went and bailed his wife out of jail because they'd already arrested his wife because they figured it out pretty quickly what was going on. And you're like, this sounds like a movie. Well, it was a movie. But it was a movie based on this real couple out of Allentown, Pennsylvania. Guys like, I deserved it. The movie was called I Love You to Death. This all went down to the 80s and then they made it into the movie. Uh, and then they stayed together and they're still together. To this day, they're still married. Tony and Francis are still married 40 something years later. Tony spent 12 days in the hospital after being shot and overdosed. Uh, and they now say they communicate better and he doesn't cheat anymore because his wife is crazy and will kill him. And then we all laugh. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. And it is. Uh, don't get me wrong, I get the chuckles of this story. And I think about it, and I'm like, hey, this is funny, and I laugh. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. The wife paid a guy to kill you. You got shot, and you stayed with her. That is nuts. Uh, Francis, by the way, did go to prison for four years. I bet he was banging uh, some strange when she was in jail for four years. And he's like, all right, now we're justified for her trying to kill me. I mean, I just cheated, so I'm going to cheat some more. So now I bet they're even, Stephen. Um... 1990s when that movie came out. So that happened in the early 80s and 1990 is when they made it. And it was a uh, hit, hit enough. So there we go. Then we all laugh and, and uh, what a funny story. Love conquers all. That's their story now as they stay together and they'll do speaking engagements and everything. Well, I looked at this story and I thought, you know what's funny when we would not be laughing? If you reverse the roles. Let's reverse the roles right now. Uh, if that woman would have cheated and that guy would have shot her, drugged her and shot her, and then they stayed together, we would all be saying, what a complete idiot that woman is. That woman is insane. That guy is a psycho, a killer, abuser, whatever, and he was trying to kill her, and he would be the bad guy, and they wouldn't be married, most likely. If they were, she would get all kinds of grief for being with this dude. But it just shows you how far we have swung the pendulum on every issue in this country to from what was kind of right to now being wrong. And I'm not going to go into all of them, but but really, it's spousal abuse, it's attempted murder, and we all laugh at it. And they made a movie about it. And it was like, ah, that was the 90s. That was fine. Yeah, it happened in the 80s. It was a long time ago. Yes, it was a long time ago in the 80s. I lived throughout them. I'm aware of that. I am old. But I also know it's weird that we have that. Then on that same day I get this story, I find this story. Massachusetts did a big dog and pony show just yesterday. The Supreme Court of Massachusetts. They have disavowed a former, it wasn't really a law, but it was, uh, um, they would allow it. And here's what happened. If you were a, a, a dude and, and your spouse had cheated on you and you killed her, they, what they had, uh, the rule was called uh, uh, an allowance for sudden oral revelations. And it's, they go back and they cite a case. In this case, it wasn't that the wife had cheated. The wife said, oh yeah, your kid's not your kid. Which, could you imagine that? 
I'm not saying you should kill your spouse, but that, that would be a traumatic thing to find out that your child is not really your child and your uh, uh, lover has been unfaithful. So when that happened, in this case, uh, the man murdered the lady and they allowed him to go up on manslaughter charges because of the sudden oral revelation that happened. And Massachusetts Supreme Court ruled yesterday that is shaky, misogynistic foundation and there is no place in our modern uh, jurisprudence for such an allowance. And that is now banned. And if you murder your spouse after they tell you they cheated or you murder your spouse after they tell you your kid's not really your kid, if you're a man, manslaughter for you. It's murder. Murder only. You're like, damn. Pretty crazy. And it's funny how we look at this, like, well, yeah, that guy was a psycho. He killed her for saying that wasn't his kid. And then we laugh at the lady that hired a hitman to shoot her husband because he cheated on her. It's, and, and I'm guilty of that too. Like, I saw the story and I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Those people are still together or whatever. And I know I would look at it differently if it was a female. If it was a female who had been shot by a hitman that her husband hired because she cheated, I would be like, dude, why are you with that dude? You're crazy. But that's not how it is. We've, we've swung the pendulum so far back the other way that it's all about anyone but the dude. Dudes, if you notice, we are the devil. We are everything wrong in the world. Yet we, let's be honest, dudes built the world. Somebody had to be a badass. Somebody has to defend us. There's bad guys in the world. Walk out your house, you'll see. There's bad guys in the world. And you need, uh, there's women that can defend too. Typically heavily armed women with weapons that are trained, that are badasses, and they can do it too. But traditionally, those were dudes. That was always dudes that did that. And now that is a bad, horrible thing, unless it is a woman doing it, and then it's like, oh my God, she's such a hero. She's so strong. She doesn't need a man. And I, and true to that. But it doesn't mean that the man that does the same job is a bad man doesn't mean that the man that does the same job isn't a good person who loves his family and the world and is doing the right thing. I, I'm sick of the world is what I am, I guess, saying. Sick of, uh, and it's been slanted the other way for a long time, I understand that. But you don't, you know, two wrongs doesn't make a right. You, you, you balance it, you don't swing it so far the other way that you now demonize people with penises because they have penises. Toxic masculinity. Say that to me to my face and watch you get punched in the cock. Or vagina, I'm an equal opportunity offender. I'll say, well, because of the strong oral revelation, I punched them in the vagina or the penis, depending on who they were. That's what I would do. I'm sick of it. Everyone needs to pull their head out of their woke asses and get back to just, hey, this is how it is. Come on, common sense. What happened to common sense? We don't have it anymore. I'm gonna say something uh, that's gonna make me happy. I'm gonna talk about a story next where I'm gonna get to say bunga bunga parties a whole bunch of times. Well, I don't know what bunga bunga parties are, but I kinda wanna go to one. It's a dumb story. I just, it has bunga bunga parties in it, and it involves a politician who had sex with an underage girl, and it's been going on for 11 years. We'll talk about this one next. Bunga bunga. It's the Big 49, your bunga bunga station. 
the Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. All right, I'm reading into the tea leaves here, but, you know, I got to create drama because that's, well, what I do. I saw a statement from Eli Tomac, and he says he was a bit off on his riding on Saturday. He struggled with finding a comfort zone during the night show with the conditions being on the edge of slick and decent traction. He says overall he learned a lot about those conditions for the future, and he's happy to still have the points lead moving forward. I say, is this some PTSD from that crash he took at A2? Because remember, Eli went down, and we rarely see Eli Tomac go down on the motorcycle, and it was a bad crash. He got lucky to not be hurt, but was he thinking that? Was he thinking, this is slippery, I could go down again. Is he? Is that haunting him as we move forward? That crash that was so uncharacteristic of Eli Tomac could be in the back of his head, and look at he finished fifth place overall. Sure, he kept the points lead, which is really smart, but, you know, living to fight another day rather than uh, risk getting hurt, and that gets in your head after a bad crash. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It is Stretch Show on a Thursday. Getting ready for Friday. Uh, here's my special announcement. The Thursday pod. That goes up late. That's my 31-hour day. That's because I'll go to work tonight. I'll work overnights. So I'll come home. I will change my lovely little outfit and put on a lovely little suit and I will go to another job and I'll get home at well, about 6, 6.30 if I'm lucky tomorrow night. So I won't be up recording. Then I record the show for Friday at that point, And then I go to bed somewhere around around 1 a.m. Right before the show starts playing at 3 a.m. on the radio. That's how my days go every Thursday. So it, because of that, the Thursday pod, if you're down with the pod, will be uh, late posting. You can get that on Amazon. Go check it out. Google. Right now. I got to get into my next story about bunga bunga parties. I don't know what a bunga bunga party is, but apparently more than 11 years ago, there was a bunga bunga party with a politician in Milan, Italy, and his name is Berlusconi. And Berlusconi, he was like, it's a pizza party. It's a bunga bunga pizza party. Come over. And while he was there, they say he paid for sex with a 17-year-old Moroccan nightclub dancer. Ooh la la. Now, he initially went to got brought up on charges for this and they ruled he didn't know the girl was underage. He had no idea. He, he paid for sex with her but he didn't know it was an underage girl so he got off on that charge almost immediately. Well, like I said, this was 11 years ago. Well, over the course of all of this time, Mr. Bolasconi has been accused of bribing up to 24 people, mostly young people, female guests that were at his bunga bunga party in his previous trial. So this has now been going on and on and on and on and on. And it just wrapped up this week all in Mr. Berlusconi's, uh, Berlusconi's favor. Yesterday, the judge ruled that Berlusconi and his 28 co-defendants, remember this is a politician, had no case to answer to, citing legal errors over the way prosecutors had drawn up the case in the first place. So here's a guy, he's like 80-something years old finally acquitted of sex with a 17-year-old. And then, here's how you know he's guilty in my eyes, is he's then going around bribing people. Now you got all these bribery charges, of course he's guilty. But now they wrote it up. Remember, he's also a politician, and I'm sure if, I don't know what side's in power over there, the left or the right, that's what all countries have to deal with. And I'm sure 
when it finally swung back around to his party being in favor, he was able to swing the courts to see it his way, and he now got off with it. He sits in the Italian Senate. His Forza Italia party is the key component of the now current prime minister, which is uh, the right side. They're conservatives. So they were ecstatic at the final uh, justification, they say, of Mr. Boloscani and his bunga bunga party antics. I know what it is, but when you get a arrested after your bunga bunga party for having sex with hookers that's a good bunga bunga party now you shouldn't be having sex with underage people that's disgusting especially when you're 70 something years old that's even more disgusting here's what's weird with me i'm nowhere near 70 years old and i can tell you this um the desire to have anything to do with a young female is zero zero Sure, you look at it and be like, wow, that, that lady's beautiful, or that girl's beautiful. I don't want anything to do with them. I don't want anything to do with females in general. They're a, they're a bigger headache than they're worth. I, I can't imagine being 70-something years old and trying to have sex with a 17-year-old. That's disgusting. It's disgusting to be 70 years old trying to have sex with a 30-year-old or a 40-year-old. Man, I don't get it. Yeah, the, the Moroccan dancer then rose to fame. Her name was Karima Al-Mohorong, but her stage name is Rudy the Heart Stealer, or Ruby the Heart Stealer. And she was one of 22 women accused alongside Berlusconi. And she's also relieved now too, so. She didn't turn him in. She was just like, I'm just a, a hooker dancer trying to make my way in uh, Italy from Morocco. Everyone's relieved here. He says it's the liberation. Here's what I say. If you were guilty, congratulations. I hope you live the rest of your life without this nightmare hanging over your head. If you're guilty, I hope that bitch named Karma pays you a visit sooner rather than later. Because it is gross to have sex with a 17-year-old and then bribe people to hide it and lie about it. Ah, you're shameful. If that, that's true. But I wasn't there. I don't know. Right, coming up next, we're going to get into a story. Let's get into two stories, not one, but two, out of North Korea, where Kim Jong-un, that's what he says on the toilet, says his name. Oh, it's a big one. Kim Jong-un need prune. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about him and a new law he passed. Certain names are now banned in North Korea. Well, banned for everyone, but him. It's the big one. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Two Moto dudes that we dig here at the Big 49 are Weston Pike and Mr. Dean Wilson from that Firepower Honda team. And both those guys are also sponsored by Fly Racing. And because of that, they got together and they did a really cool video that you can see on social media. And basically, it's Dino getting ready to go race, I'm guessing, in Tampa. And he's like, dude, where's my helmet? And uh, Weston Pike is asleep in his car and he calls him. And they say Weston had his helmet. And then it's a whole dog and pony show as Weston races through the parking lot and through all the hurdles to get to Dean Wilson to hand him his helmet. Only to have Dino give it back and say it's dirty, clean it. And then Weston does. And I won't spoil the end, but it's kind of funny. I love it when people get creative with their social posts. And those guys are both cool and down with the 4-9. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. 
Big Four Nine. It's a stretch show. And now you got a little Destiny's Child up under the stretch. That doesn't happen a lot on the Big Four Nine. My God, Beyonce was even hotter when she was young. Let's go, Destiny's Child. Notice the rest of those girls all disappeared. There's a girl, Kelly, you hear about. I don't even know the names of the other two. It's the Beyonce show. That's what it is. All right, right now I'm playing a song. It's a little song called Say My Name. Say my name, say my name. When I plow you in the keister, you can call me Keister. Yeah, but that's not it. No. This is a song about Kim Jong-un, everyone's favorite state puff marshmallow man from North Korea. He has now passed a law that no one in North Korea can name their child uh, Kim Jong-un. Yeah. And if you're a person and you're 90 years old and your name is Kim Ju-A, uh, I think that's how you say it. You have to go legally change it and redo your birth certificate. Well, wait a minute, why is that? They say this is a sign that Kim Jong-un is um, grooming his 12-year-old daughter, Kim Ju-A, into becoming his replacement. And by the way, he's 20-something years old, but he's fat as F. He's a tic-tac away from a heart attack. You got your whole country starving, but yet you're the fattest guy in, in the whole country. Little puffy puff. Little cream puff marshmallow man running around North Korea, shooting people with rockets and stuff. Yeah. His 12-year-old daughter appears to be the heir apparent now, and this is, they say, something that's not uncommon in North Korea, that you also are not allowed to be Kim Jong-un or Kim Jong-il, whatever the the dad's name was, too. Those were banned as well, so they, they will, when they hold a name for the highest honor, they have it, and they're saying that people whose kids or themselves were named uh, uh, Ju-A, are being brought into the ministry office and forced to change their names legally right then and there. I don't know what your name's going to be. Change your name. So now you got a bunch of Koreans running around being named like uh, LeBron James. That's what I would change my name to if I was a North Korean. I'd be like, ah, I'm Kim Jong LeBron James. I'm no longer Kim Ju-A. So that's what he's doing. Uh, on another note about uh, Kim Jong uh, Fancy Pants, Besides passing laws that you can't name your name the same as his daughter's. And his kid's 12. So I bet you, too, when that happens and in a country where you're ordered by law to worship this, uh, they call the supreme ruler, supreme fat boy, um, you got to have a photo of him in your house. If not, you can get in trouble. I think as an honor, a lot of people, when a child is born, would name their kid after that person's kid, trying to show respect. And now all of those people have to go back and change their name. Here's some more fun about Kim Jong-un. Uh, he went to Spain at one point on vacation. I imagine before he became the supreme ruler. Probably his dad was in charge. He went to Spain and there's a, a beautiful, beautiful resort in Spain. And apparently he liked it a lot. He liked it so much that when he came back, he started sending uh, Korean architects over there basically to steal the design and he decided he was gonna put a similar resort in South Pyongyang province. And, well, when he started building it, uh, he's got money issues because he spends all this money on, on rockets and missiles and food for himself instead of the rest of the country. 
So when he orders a project like this, it runs into uh, it runs into what? 150 buildings. It was meant to be right near the city of Wonsan on the eastern coast of North Korea, and now they call it basically Poo uh, Town because, and I'm not joking, that's what they're calling it because it's been overrun with homeless people. You know what happens in a country where your people don't have food and they don't have any money and people are broke? Hey, you got a lot of homeless. It's kind of like America. We know all about it, Kim Jong. I'm not judging you. We got probably more homeless than you do. Um, well, they've all flooded into this thing because it's been sitting empty for a couple years. They say the pandemic really crushed it. They were broke, so they were not meeting the deadlines. And then... They hit the pandemic, and then the thing just set idle, and now it's filled up with homeless people. Only it wasn't complete, so there was no plumbing in it. So homeless people are just crapping everywhere. They have a huge, fancy, what should be a class, uh, very classy resort, which is now just overflowing with poo from homeless people. It's now Poo Poo Town. We got Poo Poo Town on the coast. That's crazy. Oh, I think I'm going to name my kid, uh, if I have another one, when I'm 70 and I have sex with a, with a, uh, I'm going to go ahead and wait till she's 18, stripper slash hooker. I'm going to name my kid Kim Jung-A just to um, piss off Kim Jong-un. I'm going to name my kid that. And then I'm going to put my videos of my kid online of my kid being like a dumbass. And I'm going to be like, yeah, this kid's dumb as hell. I named him Kim Jung-A. I'm going to name my, my next son I'm going to have with the same stripper. I'm going to name that son uh, Kim Jong-un. He's around. I'm like, Dad, why'd you call me that? I'm like, because it's funny at the time. I thought it was funny. Shut up. Be stupid on the camera so I can get some clicks. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we are going to talk to a not happy man. We talked to him yesterday. If you missed it, it is Nate Thrasher from the Star Racing Yamaha team who led about 18 of the 20 laps Saturday night in Tampa at the Supercross and then lost the race by 1 100th of a second to Hunter Lawrence, who we talked to earlier. But Nate Thrasher's great, and he's given us a number plate that hangs in the 49 studio. He's a good dude, and we'll talk to him right after this on a 49. The reason aliens are keeping a low profile? They're afraid Stretch and Buzz will eat them. 49. Big 49. It's a Stretch show on a Thursday morning. Time to go down to Florida for your fistful of Florida. WTF, what the Florida is going on? You tell by my music, it's a man that likes beer. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. Remember that old school country song? This uh, guy apparently liked beer. Just before midnight, February the 8th, when Lee's County Sheriff's driving down the road near Chiquita Boulevard. And as they approach Gleason Parkway, they look over and they see a Mercedes-Benz parked on the wrong side of the road. And you're like, well, you're not supposed to be parked like that. Lights are on. There's no traffic around it. It's not crashed. It doesn't appear to be broken down. The flat, it's just sitting there with the lights on. The wrong side of the road parked up against the curb. So they get out of the car and they approach the vehicle cautiously because they're law enforcement. It's what you got to do. You never know. Maybe they're in the inside a building somewhere nearby committing a crime. You don't know that. So as they approach, they find a 40-year-old Florida man. His name is Michael Serena. And, well, this is where the story makes it to the stretch show. Inside, Mr. Serena is alone. And he's in the passenger seat. He's not in the driver's seat at all. Makes him feel- 
And that's still a DUI. Good move, though. You know what? I'm drunk as hell. I'm going to go and move over to Pastor Steve so when police show up, I said the driver ran away. Here's what they find in the car with Mr. Serena. 24 packs of Michelob Ultra and Bud Light. He had 48 beers in there and empties everywhere. Lots of them. This dude's a pro. This is a professional at this point. Deputies say they attempted to have dialogue with him, but he was kind of hostile and unable to speak because, well, the level of intoxication. So they call for backup. That's what happens. You start talking to somebody, you realize it's going to be difficult. First thing you got to do is go, oh, fuck our gear. I'm just going to back up over here. Uh, got a drunky drunk. Keep a little agitated. Over at Chiquita Boulevard. Yeah, right there near Gleason. Over. There you go. Five O's are rolling. You got the backup is coming. The cavalry is on the way. You know what happened soon after uh, the backup arrived? Soon after they tried to continue to have their dialogue? He did something very dangerous. He didn't keep his hands visible and he reached for a beer. And at that point, the cops were done with him because they were telling him to get out of the car. He wouldn't get out of the car. He wasn't cooperating. So he got that. That's right. He didn't get shot. No, no, no. That's my sound of a taser gun. He got tasered, fool. And they say it did nothing. He is so drunk, nothing happened. I figured if you had that much alcohol in your system, you get tasered, you might explode. Man, his blood alcohol content was so high that the spark exploded him. But that's not what happened. That's in my mind. Nothing happened. So then they got him out, and they tried to subdue him, and hitting him with their batons also had no effect on him. It's like, is this guy drunk or is he on PCP? I don't know. Say several strikes to his back with their batons uh, were required after they tasered him. Uh, there's a picture of him, and, and, and well, uh, he's got some uh, boo-boos on his face. I got a feeling a couple of those batons may have found their way to Mr. Serena's head. They're saying it was from the ground as they subdued him as he resisted arrest. Once you resist arrest and that's in the report, all bets are off. They'll whoop your ass at that point. I mean, yeah, that happened when he resisted. We had to forcibly uh, arrest him. Yeah. He uh, was taken to the hospital. You know, they got to take the hospital. Once they tase you, you got to go to the hospital. And once they beat the crap out of you, they usually take you to the hospital. Not always. Not, not in a hurry either, by the way. Sometimes they'll make you think about what you did and they'll let you suffer with the bloody wounds on you before they take you to the hospital. Depends on what department you're dealing with and what state you're dealing with and how woke they are. But Mr. Serena now, sitting in Lee County Jail, uh, waiting on DUI and resisting arrest. I don't know if they're going to get him for assault on officer. I don't know if he fought the officers or he just resisted arrest. But there you go. 48 beers. 48 beers. A lot of beer, Mr. Schrader. That's a party, homie. All right, coming up next, I'm going to go to another guy that's a genius. This guy's in Indiana. What do you do when your car gets broken into like every up at night and people keep stealing and stealing and stealing from you? You fix the problem is what you do. And that's what this Indiana man did. We're going to talk about him next. It's the Big 4-9. Big, big, big. big. 
the Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Now, if you're wondering what happened to star racing Yamaha's Jordan Smith, the guy got on the podium in the first round of the 250 East, and then he was kind of a no-show when it got to the Tampa round last weekend. Well, he came to social media and he said, hey, I had a bad fall in the sand like a lot of people did. No shame in that. And he said he battled throughout the main to get back to sixth place, and then he had a mechanical malfunction and was unable to finish the race. So Jordan Smith not finishing was not the result of a crash or him being injured. It was the bike went down and he did not get to finish that race. So that'll happen. I could have been the clutch riding in that sand. Who knows? But Jordan Smith, look for him to be back this weekend in Oakland to his regular self pushing for the podium. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big four nine. It's Stretch Show. Oh, yeah. Wow. Why should I play this music? Cooper Webb coming? Oh, crap. Chase Sexton just fell over. He looked over his shoulder, fell down, he tripped, and he fell. You know why? You heard Cooper Webb coming. You hear this song, you're like, oh, crap, here comes Coop. Rider on the storm, rider in the sky. He's coming. Man, Ghost Rider in the sky. Chase still seeing Ghost after what happened on Saturday night. He's got to redeem himself in Oakland. Come on, Chase. Two points out. You're two points out. Eli's slipping. Cooper's coming, riding hard. dum da da dum da da dum He's running fools down with his lasso. I mean, he made a lasso, Chase Sexton. That's what made him fall. No one saw it. Coops, he's slick like that. Just riding along. Riding along like a ghost rider in the sky. It's a Cooper Webb. Yeah. Now orange bikes are coming. Oh. But that's not what this story's about. No, I sidetracked myself with a rant about my BFF Cooper Webb. No, this is about a man. This is a man with cowboy thinking right here. Coming out of Bloomington, Indiana. He's uh he's been arrested. But he's a victim, and I don't know why he's he's in jail. So, police respond to the report of a suspicious person around midnight, February 12th, over in the Crawford Apartments in Henderson Street. They find a guy standing there, and he's standing right next to uh fully engulfed 1998. Buick, a lovely automobile, a 1998 Buick. His name ends up being Austin Bristow. He's 26 years old. And the cops are like, uh, uh, Mr., uh, what, what you doing near that vehicle? Why you got matches in your hand? Oh, that's because I set this car on fire. And I'm like, well, why'd you do that, Mr. Bristow? About that time, the car exploded. And Mr. Bristow said, wow, I hope the explosions would have been bigger than that. And he just watched it burn, and he was elated. You can see, this is a man with no Fs to give. This is a ghost rider in the sky right here. This is a guy that's just, he's done, he snapped. He effing snapped. Let me tell you how this is. Life's already kicked you in the nuts because you're driving a 1998 Buick. No disrespect to those that do it. You gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta get your ass to work. And you gotta try to pay what bills you can. Get some food on the table. Solid. It's not exactly where he wants to be in his life right now. But imagine you walk out of your Crawford apartment every day that you barely pay for, barely keep that 1998 Buick on the road, and you can barely keep the freaking rent paid in that apartment at the Crawford Apartments, which aren't that nice. I've been there. I'll tell you this. But no, that's not what's happening right here. That's not what's happening. This guy, this hardworking man, Mr. Bristow, 
walking out of the apartment every morning, walking out to his 1998 Buick, and every damn day it's been broken into again. Someone has robbed him. Someone has stolen from him. Someone has broken a window out of his damn car to get into his car. It's cold in Indiana. We drive around with a plastic bag taped up over the freezer. You we bump in there. You're going down the freeway. This is how that plastic makes. You're just trying to drive to work in the freezing ass cold and not freeze your ass off. You got a parka on with a hood pulled up and you got freaking gloves on because it's 20 effing degrees in your car because some a-hole broke your window last night to steal a freaking uh, what they thought was a crack pipe or something or your sunglasses. They cost $2.99 that you got in freaking uh, the dollar store. Yeah. Mr. Bristow is not a bad man. Mr. Bristow is a man that has had enough. Mr. Bristow's thinking like a cowboy. So he's like, F this. I got no way to keep these guys breaking into my car again and again and again and again and again and again. I'm burning that mofo. I'm a torture. I've had enough. If I burn it, they can't steal from it anymore. And so he soaked it in gasoline, popped the trunk, and they say threw a flaming bandana in the trunk, and boof, up it went. Sure enough, right after that, Popo roll up. And they, then he admits it because he's sitting there gleefully enjoying the fire he just lit because he just solved the problem. OG gangsta style solved the problem. That's what he just did. Like, burn, bitch. Nobody's breaking into my car tonight. Took my stuff out of there, let it burn. Effers, I'll take the bus. Rather drive around with that plastic bag taped over the window in 20 degree weather. It's a 1998 Buick. Why are you breaking into it? You did what? But they were. Um, there was another problem too. I'm making him out to be a hero. He may have been inebriated. Because when they shook him down, when they're like, well, sir, we got to arrest you for burning your car up. Yeah, they found several packs of syringes on his body and some yellow powder. Could have been meth, I don't know. He was then booked on arson plus additional charges of unlawful possession of a syringe and controlled substances. So he could have been high as F when he came up with this cowboy thought. I'll show you. Break into my car. Not gonna do that again. He just burned it. Good news for him is they didn't find a body in the back or anything once they put it out. But he's in trouble. Hopefully he gets a new car and it's better than a 98 Buick. I feel for you, my man, even if you're a druggie. I'm Stretch. It's the big 4-9. When you have the stereo on at the same time as the TV, how do you control the volume on the TV? Why do you want to listen to the TV with the stereo on? Because I like to party. Big 49. Ah, music to my ears. The Broham. The Stretch Show. Current day closing music means it's time to go home. I am home as I do this, but it's, time for, it's actually time for me to go to my real job. Um, gonna pack it up. I will be back tomorrow for the Friday show. I will grind it out and do what I gotta do. Remember, the pod will be posted a little late today. It'll actually be posted tonight, so if you're uh, subscribing or listening, it's on there. Remember, if you are down with Big 49, you want to hear the moto shows, you can see those because those are a vlog. I do not partake. I'm, I'm on it. You hear the audio stretch, but you never see me. Because I am at a remote secret location known as Big 49 West, which is my home. Because if every time I get near uh, Moto Man and Kyle, someone steals my wallet. Just saying. Every, I'm like, where's my wallet? What happened? My wallet's gone. So I, I got to stay away from there. 
Jason won't say you well. Jason's a good dude. Jason Grace YR, he's in there too for those shows. We bang it out. We'll do another one on Saturday. Uh, this week, I'm imagining we start at 5 p.m. You're like, why you start at 5 p.m.? That's because it's back on the West Coast. West Coast is the best coast. And it is Pacific Standard Time, so the races will start just after 7 p.m. And our race coverage will start at 5 on Saturday. But before that, we got another stretch show tomorrow. We got another podcast. And then we got freaking Moto Man and Kyle up in here on a Friday afternoon. Talking gibberish. Nonsensical babble. Usually they just ran about motocross, and then they play some kick-ass rock. That's what we do here. That's what the 49's all about. If you just do that, you're like, dude, I don't know how to do a radio show. And I say, talk about moto, and then play some kick-ass rock. You're fine. I just thought you ought to be a DJ to Big 49. Now I go on rants and talk about nonsensical babble. But then again, I'm a conspiracy theory nut job. I also don't allow anyone to uh, talk about politics on the 49, even though uh, that's all I do. <laughs> Seriously, that's a rule. That's a Kim Jong-un rule. Oh, you cannot name your kid Stretch either if you work here. If you work at a big 49, don't you name your kid Stretch. I'll make you go back and change it legally. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the fat, stay-puff, marshmallow man dictator of the big 49. That's what happens. Um, we are uh, growing, though. I'm... Push 60 listeners. Just saying. 60. 60. I'm almost to the speed limit, but of listeners. That's where we are. It's growing. Every day it's growing. I need your help, though. You want to help us? You want to be down with the bros? Uh, tell your friends. You know somebody likes moto? You'd be like, you might like this. Check this out. These guys are stupid, but they're... It's kind of funny. They play some kick-ass rock and roll. They play a little bunk rock, too. Shout out to Violates Community Standards. The homies getting ready to head to Big Bear uh, next week. They got a big show with a whole bunch of punk bands. Go check them out. Uh, Big Bear Bar and Grill. It's our dudes. And that's about it. I had to get out of here. I'm I'm tired and I got to go home. Start my 31-hour day. It starts now. Heaven help me. I pray every day to get through my life without myself in the head or falling over dead from a heart attack. I don't know which one's going to come first. But honestly, the 49 keeps me going because it's growing and I see it and I realize we truly are the future. We've joked forever that we're the future of broadcasting. Future of radio. We're not radio. We're broadcasting. Streaming. Everything's going to streaming and we got ahead of the curve. And now people, bigger companies than us, with much more resources and playing catch-up to our dumb knuckle-nuts asses. That makes me laugh. Keeps me going. Keeps me firing. And I'll be back for the fight again tomorrow. So tell them, God bless you all. God bless the United States of America.